This is Colleen McGee bringing you another episode of Fort Riley, the podcast. This week, we turn our attention to the Holocaust Days of Remembrance. From 1939 to 1945, 2.7 million Jews and others were deported to what was known as killing centers in German-occupied Poland. Probably the most infamous of those is Auschwitz. Auschwitz was also the first one liberated by U.S. soldiers. And what they saw left a lasting impression on them. Today, I'm joined by Mishi and Rabbi Michael Harari. Rabbi Harari is a chaplain and a captain with the 1st Infantry Division, and the two of them are here to talk about the impact that the Holocaust had on their family. Chaplain Harari, 116 Infantry. I'm the uh, battalion chaplain as well as I'm the uh, rabbi here on Fort Riley. Mishi Harari. I'm Chaplain Harari's wife. Okay. So we're talking about the Holocaust Days of Remembrance today. And I, I think the first question I would like each of you to think about, and it was, why is it important today to remember? In general, when people think of the Holocaust, uh, sometimes they, they narrow it down to think of it on a, a, a Jewish plane and saying that, you know, how many, how many millions of Jews were, were murdered uh, in labor camps and death camps. Um, and thinking it is a, you know, it was something that just happened to one people at one time, you know, years and years ago during the Second World War. When looking deeper into it, to know that it affected all individuals of any minorities, of any uh, backgrounds, of religions that didn't agree with the establishment or with the Nazi party. So when thinking about that, it applies more today than even it did back then. So uh, it does affect everyone. And learning that a educated, sophisticated community, country can do something, um, the, the, the battle cry from the Holocaust always is never forget. Uh, because as long as we remember what was done, what could be done by a seemingly civilized population, educated population, it could always it could always happen again in any country around the world. And we're talking we're really talking about diversity here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even even in regards to not just religion, color, creed, but someone who would be special needs would be exterminated. Someone who would have a uh, a disability would be exterminated. So thinking about that and thinking about our population nowadays of how we have to be sensitive, accepting. Uh, and understanding that, um, as, as the Army even teaches in uh, 6-22 on leadership, that our strength comes through diversity and not by removing everyone else that is different than you. I think for me it has more of a smaller personal meaning because I, I guess I could say in a way the Holocaust is what I come from. My entire family, my grandparents, great-grandparents, all of their uh, siblings, neighbors, cousins, aunts, uncles, um, they all went through the Holocaust. Many of my family, many of my family members were, were killed in concentration camps. And so for me, it's just more of a personal thing. Like I feel as if almost a sense of pride to say that 
this is what my family went through and and this is what my community and their family went through and we're still here and we're strong and we have our families and we've you know we've we've lived and we've grown and i i think it's kind of special for me that people nowadays know what my family went through and what my you know other people in my community what their families went through because i feel like a lot of people don't know very much about the Holocaust at all. And that's foreign to me because growing up, we were very open about the Holocaust. My, all my grandparents you know, spoke about it. Um, it was just something that we talked openly about. So when I meet people that don't know anything about it, I kind of feel like, I guess I could say a little bit let down, kind of feel like people should know that, you know, this is what we have gone through as a people. Uh, I grew up in South Florida where where many Holocaust survivors moved due to the weather and, and other things. So growing up as a kid, I remember clearly people, congregants in our in our synagogue with numbers tattooed on their arms from concentration camps. And that was a normal thing. Everyone knew these were survivors with tattoos on their arm. One day there'll be no more survivors who's going to tell the story who's going to say hey this is what happened to our people this is what happened to all people that were different my mom's mom spent some years in auschwitz and so for her you know and and her husband my grandfather that i never met they were both there um and so i know every every piece of food was very precious to them um and my grandmother actually became like a, a very uh, well-known cook in camps in upstate New York. It was her thing. She just always loved to cook in abundance for people. Um, and yeah, food was, was a very big thing for her, for both of my grandmothers, but particularly for my mom's mom. Um, and I remember when I was little, she used to take me on walks and just, you know, she would just talk about the fresh air and the birds chirping. And, you know, I, I would assume that a lot of that appreciation came from not having that freedom at one time in her life. So, so for you, growing up in Florida and having parishioners in, in your synagogue, what were some of the things that you noticed about them that may make them stand apart or different that was to signify the, what they'd been through? So, uh, so something that I've seen, I guess, parallels in survivors is, as my wife mentioned, uh, the, the joy of youth, seeing children, seeing another generation of, of you know, Jewish children learning Torah, um, reading Hebrew, doing things like that brought them such joy because I'm positive at some very dark moment in the 30s and 40s, they thought they would be the last Jew on earth. My grandma, who's, um, she's still alive, um, she always says, even to this day, who would have thought, you know, all of my, my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren were in America, you know, we built a successful life, and who would have thought? That's, you know, that's mm -hmm. something that she very often says. With a big smile. With, yeah. You could picture a very big, big smile, ear to ear, with an accent, but as she's <laughs> cooking something and seeing all the kids are going to a wedding or a bar mitzvah, uh, that she really, really thanks God every day and every moment because of what she, where she came from and where 
her family is now and how it's grown. My, my other grandma, my, my mom's mom who passed away about 10, 11 years ago, she, when we were kids, she was um, very vocal. She was an activist and she would go around speaking to junior high schools and high schools all about the Holocaust. Um, she had an interview once with Steven Spielberg. Um, so she was very, very um, outspoken in a good way about the Holocaust. She very much wanted everyone to know her experiences. And like I said, she was in Auschwitz. So, you know, she definitely went through some difficult periods. Um, but she was very, in a sense, proud to, to be able to, you know, speak out. Whereas some people, like my grandfather, her husband, from what I know, was very quiet. He, he never talked about his experiences. So I guess the one thing, we've got so many young people on this installation who just don't have any connection. They don't have that first-hand knowledge. So what do you think is the most important thing for young soldiers and young families to be talking about today? I guess if we were going to leave off one idea, um, what act of kindness could we do in the world right now because of that? Remembrance is one thing, but let's do something good. Let's do something positive. Let's be a better neighbor. Let's help someone out. Let's give charity. Whatever it is, you know, on in your religion or background or even just, you know, the idea of every Jew thanks God for what they have right now, even just taking a moment of silence. I just feel like it's important for people to know that really unimaginable, unimaginably terrible things can and did happen, and not just to the Jewish people in Europe. We don't, I feel like nowadays we work so hard to protect ourselves and our children from anything that's negative. And I even find myself um, thinking that way sometimes, like if any of my kids, you know, has been reading a Holocaust book, my initial reaction is like, oh, I don't want them to know about that. And then I remind myself when I was a four or five, six, seven, eight year old kid, I knew all about the Holocaust. I mean, we read books, we heard firsthand stories from my grandparents, and we didn't grow up traumatized from it. We grew up strengthened. This is what our people went through. This is what my family went through. And this is who we are now because of it. And so I feel like it's sometimes important to not be so worried that our, our kids or our soldiers, you know, are going to know about something so horribly negative. Sometimes it's it's important to know about what happened and that it could happen and that it did happen. And, and also, I guess the idea of that just hitting home that it wasn't it wasn't a Jewish problem. It was everyone, anyone different. I, I'm sure meaning I'm, I'm not sure numbers wise of how many you know blacks were in Europe at the time. But if there were any, yeah. they were going to a camp. If someone was, Politi I think it was people Catholics, who had different political, political opinions, uh, communists, anyone at all, are you know that is a ticket to extermination. I just my my grandma that was in Auschwitz. Um, she had you know a tattoo. She had her numbers, and you know we always used to run our hands on her on her arm and say you know Grandma your numbers your numbers. And I don't I can't remember the first time that we said what is this you know but you know it was just. It was a part of her. Oh, these are these are my numbers. She would say, "These are my numbers," um, and it was just like her numbers. You know, we we knew that she was in Auschwitz and she was tattooed and she was numbered. And um, for anyone else that would meet her, it was it, it was strange. It was foreign. But to us, that was 
to me, that was my grandma. That was my grandma's arm. That was, you know, and she, she had a unique way of just, I know it sounds weird, but taking pride in it. You know, she wasn't, she wasn't ashamed that there were many people that, you know, hit it. yeah, would keep their sleeves down because it was traumatic or embarrassing. And she was very proud to show people her numbers. And so that was always very... Um, that she was a survivor. Yeah. She wasn't, she didn't go through the Holocaust like like a reed going down a river. She was a survivor. She yeah. fought and she She was did a very tough woman and... To live. Yeah. She fought to live. So I, I think her numbers were in her mind i i made it yeah yeah there there was one other story that always kind of makes me um i i, I don't know the right word but my grandma the same grandma was um she What's her name helen grandma helen. um so they were from romania um and she was the oldest of five i believe there's one one of my mom's uncles that are still alive but um before their family, um, before they were taken, her father said to her, promise me that all of your siblings, that you will take, you will watch over them and make sure that they all survive. And they all were in Auschwitz together and they all survived. How I don't know. I believe she was about 1920 at the time. Um, and they all, they all made it through. So that was always a very, um, I don't know, meaningful story for me. Thank you for listening to Fort Riley, the podcast. The Holocaust was a dark, dark time in the history of our world, but it has a lot of lessons and a lot of hope came from those who survived. To find out more, you can visit the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum at ushmm.org.